Hello, hello everybody. Welcome to the Steadfast Love Podcast designed to inspire, equip, and encourage people just like you and me to thrive outside of our comfort zones and to love others unconditionally. I'm your host, Melani, and I am so glad you're tuning into this week's episode. If you are new here, make sure you stay tuned to the end to see how you can get connected to this awesome community that we are growing together. Until then, enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Steadfast Love Podcast. Today, I have guest Nicola. Um, And so we met during the Good Friday and Easter service at my church. She performed for us. So um, I'm just going to let her introduce herself because I don't know her that well yet. So go ahead. Um, My name is Nicola Hefestun. I am a professional dancer and dance teacher. I live in Long Island and I attend Beacon Church as well. (laughs) Nice. So how long have you been attending Beacon? Uh, let me see, almost two years. Oh my goodness, I have not crossed paths with you. That's so funny. <laughs> um, so the first thing I'd love um, for us to talk about is just your testimony, um, how you've come to know Jesus, um, and yeah. just Okay, um, so I'm from Trinidad. Uh, I grew up in a Christian household, um, and Christian uh, Trinidad, sorry, is a very... Uh, Christian country, but but culturally Christian, not um, I mean you know maybe not genuinely Christian, yes, yeah. culturally Christian country, mm-hmm. but I, I I did grow up in a genuinely Christian household, um, but I would say that growing up, um, Christianity to me was a lot about rules, um, and I basically missed the whole grace thing. Mm-hmm. So I knew a lot of my Bible, went to church, went to Sunday school, um, but I I think I. Even though I might have been able to explain grace to you, I think I missed the heart of grace. Mm. Um, so uh, then I went to a boarding school when I was 16 to do ballet. Um, and I was in a totally uh, non-Christian environment for the first time in my life. Mm. Um, and I would say, you know, you're 17, 16, 17, 18. It's a lot of pressures. It's a time when I think a lot of Christian people who grew up as Christians kind of struggle. Mm. And I definitely did. Um, because I think I started to realize that I didn't have so much firm foundation underpinning what I thought that I believed. Mm. Um, and when I came to the end of boarding school, I was at like a turning point in my career because I had finished my ballet training, but I didn't feel that I was ready to enter the professional world yet. So my director suggested that I do an apprenticeship for a year and he uh, suggested two different companies dance companies that is that I could do a, an apprenticeship with and one of them was a Christian dance company I'm ashamed to say I had never heard of a Christian dance company or heard of Christian dance or even thought two thoughts about it it's not something that I grew up with or grew up doing mm-hmm. and honestly I chose it the reasons I chose it had nothing to do with the fact that it was Christian <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was a very enlightening year um, uh, I, I was in it, so I was an apprentice to Springs Dance Company, which is a company in London. Um, they do Christian dance, both uh, improvised in church services, and they do performance tours of choreographed dance. Um, and the other, there were about ten or eleven other women doing the apprenticeship with me, mm-hmm. and we made our own little apprentice company, and we toured with the company like all around the UK. Wow. Um, and 
But that was the first time I'd ever seen or heard of Christian dance. And I had never, like for me, it was like my um, faith was in one box and my dance was in the other mm-hmm. box. Not necessarily that my dance was against my faith, but just did they just didn't have anything to do with each other. Right. Um, and so I think Springs really opened my eyes to the potential that dance has to be used for God and in worship, etc. And it also put me in a completely different environment from boarding school where everyone around me was Christian and everyone around me was trying to grow in their faith. And I realized that I was in a bad place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a weird place to be because there were a lot of people on fire for God and I was like, somehow I ended up here. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, after finishing that, I joined a church in London called Revelation Church and I would say that it's there that I really understood uh, my faith. I... I um, I really understood what, what grace was about, um, and I was baptized. Um, I, I had been baptized as a baby, and I had never really thought about doing it again, but I decided that I wanted to be baptized. Um, I also, at that time, met my now husband, and he, um, you know, he was a Christian. He encouraged me and inspired me with a lot of things. Of course, there's challenges in any relationship, um, but um, as I attended that church, I would say that I stopped seeing God as what was good for me and started seeing God as enjoyable and wonderful. And, you know, I heard it described as like, we see God as the salad. Like, you know, you should have a salad, but you really want a cheeseburger. Oh, I love that description. <laughs> of course, this doesn't count for the vegetarians, but you get the idea yes, of, yeah. of what I'm trying to say. So, uh, you know, and the, the the author who wrote that, he was like, you know, we need to start seeing God as the cheeseburger. Like, he is the good thing. You're not, like, giving up all the good things for God. God is the good thing. And I think in my time at Rev, it was, like, quite a lot of years, maybe 10 years. I really, um, really understood, started, you know, of course, everybody has a million miles they could grow. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say that that's when I really started to see God as the cheeseburger. <laughs> and... Um, to try and really, really live my life in a way that glorified him in, in all facets. Wow. So yeah, I would say that's my testimony. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, so what brings you to Long Island? <laughs> uh, in the course of my marriage, we have moved many times. My husband is a doctor okay. um, and we have been in Grenada in England and now in Long Island where he is a pediatric resident wow you have such an exciting life my goodness <laughs> very cool um, so I'm just processing everything you said um, so it wasn't really and so it's just kind of cool how God kind of like gave you two options and then made the Christian one like a better option for you um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm ashamed to say I did not choose it for the right <laughs> reasons. Um, I, but you know, I think God carried me there because he knew that's where I needed to be. And he knew that, um, for my faith to really take life, mm-hmm. um, I needed to, to involve it in every aspect of what I was doing. And dance was a really big part of my life. And yeah. my faith was just left out of that. Not, not in like, not like dance was like, not like or, or like anti-god right. but but just didn't involve god i mean i think that's a 
really relatable because it's, I feel like so often we think this is like our Sunday me and this is how I am when I go to church. I put on my church clothes and I'm a different person, but like the rest of the week, you wouldn't even guess that I went to church on Sunday. Um, exactly. So that's so my, definitely my time in Springs uh, as an apprentice really challenged, oh, challenged that. That is so cool. So you started to see dance and your faith as something that like actually were interwoven together and like you can actually you know experience them together and then so I'm after a year of apprenticeship did you start dancing um like on worship teams as well did you join like how did that um because like on our good friday service you performed the the dance you choreographed um which was so good and so (laughs) I just want to know like your journey with finally integrating the two so it's tricky because as you may or may not know the dance world is not remotely christian (laughs) for the most part Um, and in a lot of instances particularly when it comes to being a professional dancer and you're out of school um, there's a lot of things that uh, made me very uncomfortable and um, things i didn't want to be involved in Um, and i guess so, so the, I guess there were two sides to my dance life. Once was my dance in church, which was like actively glorifying God. And in my church, there, there was no um, dance team, but I did used to do um, choreographies uh, for special services. Um, and I also led a workshop for the general church for those who wanted to see uh, to, to explore how to use dance in worship I led more than one of those um, I belonged to what they call the gospel community which was arts centered where I did several of those and then I did one for the general church as well literally anybody including the pastor he just came to like explore it was so intimidating like, explore how to use dance in worship so I so I did a bit of that like kind of equipping people with tools to worship through dance but I also uh, did choreographies um, my church was in central London so it happened to have a lot of other professional dancers in it and so our kind of you know Christmas service our carol service would have um choreography in it and that's what I did at my church but then I also had a professional dance career and I really started to feel that everything and I did in my career had to glorify God even if it didn't even even if it wasn't you know uh what do I mean? Even if it wasn't the gospel on stage, how I acted, what I wore, the choreographies that I participated in, the messages that I was giving when I danced, I started to be really challenged about, okay, what am I going to say yes to? What am I going to say no to? How am I going to make choices in my career? And, you know, what will I stand up to when they say you have to do this or you or whatnot? So that was really challenging. It's really tough to navigate. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I can't, like, just um, in everyday life, I feel like we're constantly, like, you know, presented with those tensions. Um, I was just talking to someone today, and I was like, you know, that tension's good, because, like, we are, it kind of shows that you're still walking on that narrow path, like, you are doing, like, because being a Christian is not meant to be easy. It's actually meant to be the harder route, and in your career, (laughs) and your, like, your passion, just happens to make it a little harder you know it's like um I mean I've seen like it it is like I never really thought of them together except um at 
my missions training that I went to for like three summers in a row and there was a dance team that went to Cuba and that was their ministry they were I I, I don't know what they actually did there I'm assuming they danced but (laughs) um it was just that group was so amazing and I remember one night um one of the girls had written a song and the other girl was dancing to it and they, they had not talked about it so like the girl who had written it did not tell this girl the lyrics or anything like that and she was like where I'm just going to dance what I feel like the Holy Spirit is like moving me to do and like I'm gonna be honest I was skeptical I was like this sounds a little crazy and then I was watching and I was like fixated like I couldn't I can't tell you what the song was about all I can remember is that the way she was dancing to the lyrics like I was so like oh I can't even describe what happened it was so incredible like because I had never experienced dance that way you know and so I remember like I always can sing I pretty much just always am singing and so whenever um the worship like we started worship after that um I couldn't sing the words like I actually like couldn't get myself to to use my voice and like I just felt like everything was saying like go with the Cuba team like go stand next to them and go worship with them and they were like dancing in the back and they were doing all these like beautiful things and one girl just like let me like be on my knees and cry with her and like she just like stood next to me and worshiped and I was like what is going on it was like I hadn't experienced something like that before and it's just oh it's so amazing when things like that like that you did compartmentalize something separate from your faith like you get to see how it's interwoven um oh absolutely yeah Actually, as you were speaking, I rem- I did have one opportunity to put the both together. So um, I belonged at one time to a company. I used to work freelance, so I used to work with a lot of different companies. Okay. A company called EIC Dance Theatre, and um, they the lady who ran that was a Christian, and um, we did a trip to Brazil, uh, where we worked with a charity called Menina Dança, which means girls girl dance and they worked with girls uh, young girls uh, maybe like 9 to 16 at risk of child prostitution um and they used i mean it's a long story but basically they used dance as a way of i'm gonna say therapy but also just like to get them off off the street and in the door um and uh we also performed while we were there in a lot of the different villages in that area uh well not a lot but some of the different villages in that area and um so that was one time when i would say in my professional life i like uh got to use my dance for for god wow um which was awesome that's i love when i hear about like organizations that do that that like focus on young women who you know are at risk for those for like prostitution and that kind of thing um and then taking them in under their wing like those always give me chills um so like earlier I said um that I was skeptical do you get like how is your relationship navigating that because I feel like I'm I'm not the only one who's like dance worship okay (laughs) well first of all let me say I've been skeptical too okay and I'm you know I'm in it so it's not weird. A lot of people are extremely skeptical. Mm-hmm. Some people think that dance should not be done in the church. 
in fact that it is uh, it detracts and that um, it's like distracting and it like for instance my parents belong to a church in Washington where dance was like absolutely not allowed wow. um, so it's it's contentious you know but I think um, I've thought a lot about it I wrote my dissertation about it mm-hmm. uh, in university and um, I think that there is good biblical evidence for dance and dance and worship um, and I think that there is also good reason why people are skeptical mm. and it's 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 not just like oh you never thought about it if you had thought about it you wouldn't be skeptical no there's like there there are things that can go wrong there are things that can detract um, but I guess I would say uh, that just because something can be misused doesn't mean it should not be used mm. um, so I yeah I think there is there's good biblical evidence for it and um you're not alone in your skepticism (laughs) I I like what you said just because it can be misused doesn't mean it shouldn't be used Uh, yeah I didn't make that up but that one of the one of the writers who I uh studied a lot when I was writing so I wrote my dissertation about um dance as worship mm -hmm. basically um and he is a writer called um Martin Blog he that is one of his big arguments. He writes a lot about dance in the church, and that's one of his big arguments. You know, um, music can be misused. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, basically, anything yeah. can be misused. <laughs> it is <so>. very true. <laughs> oh, that's such a great point. Um, so, going along with the biblical evidence, um, David, I'm sure you studied him dancing um, whenever the ark mm-hmm. was coming. Um, like, you know, I was kind of, I skimmed through it before we got on the call and like everyone was embarrassed. <laughs> They're all like, you're a king. Like you should not be doing what you're doing. And he was like, I do not care about your rules and your religion. Like I am here because God is here. And he was like rejoicing with it. Um, so what do you, how do you apply that to your, your dance? So, um, yeah, David, he dances before the ark as it comes back into the city of David after it was, um, I think, in, with the Philistines for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like totally thrilled and jubilant, like the ark is God's presence coming back into the city and he's ecstatic. I think the word is probably ecstatic. I think the scripture says he dances with all his might. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was not like gentle swaying with a flag <laughs> uh-huh. as you see in some churches not that there's anything wrong with that mm-hmm. i'm just saying in this particular situation he was he i mean he was a strong man you know uh, from all all descriptions of him in scripture he was a warrior mm-hmm. and he was uh, i don't know he was very accomplished so when he danced with all his might i imagine that it was very powerful and energetic and ecstatic um and yes, probably embarrassing to look at <laughs> if he was not a dancer. <laughs> True. Um, but I guess I would see what David did. As a, it, it's, it's an overpouring of emotion, a heartfelt response to something that he was just so overjoyed about. And I think that since time immemorial, like in prehistoric, not prehistoric, um, like ancient civilizations, mm-hmm. um, dance has been that. It's predated language. Um, it has been a heartfelt expression of emotion. Mm. Um, and uh, it, 
in scripture there are there are other places in the psalms where it says worship the lord with dancing mm-hmm. um and so we know that david's response was appropriate simply because the scripture says that dancing is an appropriate way to worship the lord in fact you could even say it commands it just says worship the lord with dancing mm-hmm. i think it's in psalm 149 and 150. Mm-hmm. um so it's appropriate and now here's where i think it gets a little tricky because for me i would say well, if David was in the front of a church doing that and the whole congregation was standing there going, oh, this is, I don't like what he's doing, uh-huh. he's inappropriate, um, then is he turning their eyes to God? Mm. Um, and I think anytime you get up in front of a church and dance, you have to think about your audience and you have to think about how they will respond. But David was not in the front of a church he was in a triumphant procession of everyone celebrating. Right. So it's a different situation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that dance affects two people. It affects the dancer. It can bring revelation of God to the person who is dancing and experiencing the dance, a deeper emotional experience or revelation of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it also affects those who are the, the audience, those who are watching, if there are people watching. And so what is tricky about it is that if you are going to perform, so stand in front of people versus at the back, <laughs> I think you have to be really um, prayerful and careful <laughs> about what you do in front of a church, what you wear, mm-hmm. like, you know, all sorts of things read to people. Um, so you have true. to just know your audience. That's very true. I mean, even um, like the worship team um, with playing music and things like that, like we, that's what people see, you know? And you're right, like, if it distracts and detracts from God, then it's something that needs to be reconsidered. But kind of, like, goes back to the point you made earlier, just because it can be misused doesn't mean it shouldn't be used, you know? Um, That is very, very cool. Um, So the next thing I wanted to to touch on was, do you, like, how would you encourage... um, like whether that be young women or young men who like just want to worship and whether that be in dance or however worship um, they just feel stirred to worship like what would be your encouragement when like everyone's kind of like hey like that's a little weird maybe you shouldn't but they like feel a passion for it you know sure so um maybe a little story then so I belonged to uh, part of my old church in England I belonged to uh small group I guess they used to call them gospel communities and mine was about was centered on the arts so there were all sorts of different artists mm-hmm. and London is like a hot pot of artists yeah. so it was full of Christian artists Very cool. and we used to experiment with worshiping in different ways <laughs> and if you were skeptical about dance let me tell you I was skeptical <laughs> about a lot of the things that we used to do so there was a guy who was a DJ mm-hmm. and we had a DJ worship night where he DJed beats mainly Uh with occasional words and that was worship and I was like what (laughs) is this gonna be and I I have to say while it might not have been how I was called to worship I was able to worship because I think everyone's heart was in the right place Mm -hmm. of being open to trying something new Mm -hmm. and um, also his heart was in the right place of trying to lead us into worship so we did painting we did sculpture we did um, DJing, well, he did DJing. Um, <laughs> we did dance. Um, we did, I'm trying to think what else. 
Uh, that's the ones I can remember right now. But um, anyway, it was always led by someone who was extremely passionate about whatever the thing was. And usually the people were completely clueless. You know, we were not painters. We were not sculptors. <laughs> we were not dancers. Well, it only was like a couple of them were. We were not DJs. Um, so I think my advice or encouragement would be um, if... I think worship is a lot about the condition of your heart. So if your heart truly feels that that is a medium that you can glorify God through, then I think that honors God. Um, and I would say find like-minded people, if possible, to get together with. Experiment. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. You know, like you get up for me, you know, I get up in front of a church and I improvise something. And I afterwards, I think, you know, uh, I go through it, you know, did, did everything there glorify God? Was this something that could have detracted, mm -hmm. you know, whatnot? Um, because I think worshiping by yourself is one thing, but worshiping in front of others is another. Yeah. Um, but when you worship by yourself, like just explore it. I do think that God can be on it. Like God is, it, everything about the world tells us that God is an exceedingly creative God. He's mm -hmm. just he is just so creative. I mean, if you even just think about fish or flowers or like whatever, mm -hmm. and everything that we have, all our creativity is a reflection of, of our creator. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that if you, if you think that what you want to do is a little bit weird, <laughs> <laughs> you should remember that um, it's, it's God-given. And if your heart is genuinely to worship God with that, then I think that you can. That is really cool. I was thinking, because um, as you were saying, like everyone's different passions and stuff, I was like, I often look at like whenever there's a sunset, I'm like, wow, he's such a good painter. I'm like, how did he get the blue to blend into orange? Those don't blend. I was like, just really like just in awe of him. And I think you're right. I think we, um, we, God is in everything. And I like what you said, how the creative aspects that we feel are like, they're a reflection of our creator. Like, um, and I also like that you, you do encourage wisdom in it um, because like you said, leadership <laughs> is different than, um, you know, worshiping by yourself because, you know, um, with David, I feel like right in that moment, it was like a personal celebration, but I don't know if he would yeah. have done that on his throne when he's like leading in that, that capacity. So um, I think that was very... Uh, encouraging and wise at the same time <laughs> and absolutely and, and i'm sure that god had purpose in using a man like david who would have been so king i presume <laughs> kingly and stately and strong and respected and then making him do that yeah. because imagine you must think like why would somebody make a fool of themselves like that and it's like is god worth like getting rid of all of your authority and respect mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sure that God used that, obviously, for, uh, is it Micah, who looks at him with disdain mm -hmm. and is struck barren, his, his wife. Um, I think God, God would have used it to make people think, oh my goodness, look at this king, how could he behave like this? Who is this God that he's behaving like this mm -hmm. for? That's a really good point. Um, so the, the final thing um, that I want to touch on as we wrap up um, this is something I've been wanting to integrate into the podcast, and that would be advice you would give to your younger self. So, like, your 16, 17-year-old uh, self. 
so many things. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> um, advice I would give to my young self. I think um, in the arts, particularly in dance, there's a feeling of um, there's not enough to go around and you and people will bend over backwards to get what they're trying to get mm-hmm. um, uh, because there isn't enough to go around you go to some auditions there's like a thousand people for one job and it's not an exaggeration wow. um, and that if you don't agree to do something you know you're completely replaceable mm. because you are there's a million people lining up to do it um, and so I think that if I was speaking to any young Christian dancer myself, um, you, could, you could feel like if you don't conform to the things that the profession demands, uh, you won't succeed. And I guess I would just give the advice that, um, that God is bigger than that. And if it is his will for you to succeed in the profession. You do not need to bend to the things the profession demands. And you could say that for any, uh, any career, you know, God is bigger and he, there's nothing he can't give you. You don't have to do anything um, outside of his will to get something because there's nothing he can't give you. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't get that thing, that probably wasn't his will for you. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I guess it's just to view God as big and as big as you can. Do everything you can to view God big and the world small um, because it's just not worth it <laughs> to do any, any other way. Ah, that is so well said. Oh, my goodness. Um, so thank you for sharing your heart and your passion with us and, um, you know, just kind of sharing a a view of worship that maybe some didn't consider um the way i want to wrap up the episode is if um you don't mind if you want to share how people can find you on um, social media or if you have a website um, how can people find you um on social media like on instagram i think i am twinkle toes (laughs) (laughs) nice um with a z uh, yeah, from a long time ago. The name hasn't changed. Um, I'm on Facebook and uh, just as my name, Nicola Heffestoon. And on, um, just trying to think what else there is. I'm sure I'm on other things. Um, but basically, I use Facebook and Instagram most. I am a little bit on YouTube. Um, I used to have my own dance company called NHD Dance. So there's some clips of that on YouTube. Um, and like, you know, some show reels and whatnot. But um yeah, I'd be happy if anybody wants to uh, send me a message on Facebook or Instagram and ask ask anything or know anything, I'd be happy to chat. Ah, thank you. And I'll leave all of those, all your socials in the um, description of the episode as well so people can find you. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Once again, I just want to thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. And as promised, here are the ways that you can get connected. You can follow me on Instagram on my personal account, which is Maylani Brewer, M A E. 
L-A-N-I-B-R-E-W-E-R, or you can follow the podcast, which is Steadfast Love Podcast. I hope to see each and every one of you over on Instagram. Thanks again, and talk to you next time.